0: that's just in case just in case you run out of energy and that's trouble i mean that's trouble i'll be looking at that the whole time so if i get distracted forgive me in advance but yeah thank you for letting me come and speak and uh, actually trusting my friend bob and his recommendation uh, bob pemberthy uh, who's here with his wife lisa love you guys and um, Yeah, I'm just really honored to be asked to uh, be your minister today, Uh, the person who brings you the word. And I really think I believe that God has something significant. You know, this is not ritual, right? We don't just come to church and it's like, oh, we just come because that's what Christians are supposed to do. Like, my prayer is that you came expecting God to speak something to you this morning. And, um, you know, if you didn't come that way, you can right now just decide, okay, maybe God has something for me, you know? So um, let's pray and just ask God to speak. Lord, we humbly come before you and we ask, Lord God, that you would honor us with your voice today. Lord God, I pray that um, that we would be listening, or we know that you're speaking. I pray that we would be listening. And so help us to, I don't know, kind of sit on the lap of Dad and allow you to speak to us and minister to us um, on this wonderful, wonderful day. In Jesus' name, amen. I've been in California uh, almost two weeks now, and, uh, you know, it's really weird. I'm wearing a jacket, and uh, it's warmer right now in St. Petersburg, Russia, than it is in Southern California, and I think that's just stupid. Um <laughs> In fact, oftentimes, I've, I, I think God, you know, doesn't like me that much. He's sent me to Russia, you know? Like, it's like, okay, you, okay, you can go to Russia. And it's like, so, and then this is proof. Like, I come back from Russia to California, and it's colder here than there. So it's like, God's, I don't know. What did I do, God, when I was young? A lot. And a lot of it took place right over here at this Glendora Denny's. Um... I drove past this morning, I'm like, I was like drawn, I wanted to just go in and pull out a cigarette, (laughs) but you can't smoke in restaurants anymore, can you? So it wouldn't have worked out, but um, plus I don't, I quit a long time ago. I went to Life Pacific, started in 1987, uh, squeezed a four-year degree into seven years, and no, not a doctor. I did get my master's degree in the normal amount of time, Um, and really, I'm one of those stories where I I struggled as a student like my entire, I got my first D in second grade, you know, and then I just decided I'm just a bad student, you know, and so I kind of bought into that, and uh, I really believe that, you know, school should be kept at school, and so I didn't take any homework home. I didn't believe in homework, you know, if I got to it during other classes, that was fine maybe um, study hall if I had that. But otherwise, I wasn't doing school outside of school. And uh, I, I, I got academically disqualified from Life Pacific, actually. Ended up in Life East, which is in Virginia, for one semester. <laughs> Who's laughing? <laughs> you have the same story as me? Is that what? <laughs> That's what's happening here, right? And, uh, but anyway, so, I mean, barely, I barely graduated from college, honestly. Um, but I did my master's program and, hey man, all A's, I mean, God changes our stories, right? right. So, uh, I used to be able to tell the story, oh, I'm a terrible student, now I can't tell that story anymore, I'm like, okay, I guess I have to add that I also did okay and, with my master's program, so, um, yeah, so, yeah, we've been in Russia for five years. I have a picture, I think. Yeah, there's my family and uh, my wife, Kim. She's in Orange County this morning, actually, sharing at a church down there. And then three kids, Kayla, Connor, and Kayden. And Kayla is almost 17. She graduates this next year. She's going to be actually attending Life. Pacific, So she'll be close to you. I'll recommend your church, depending on the size of the offering today. And... Um, <laughs> i just... I'm just But the worst thing happened to Kayla this last year. She got a boyfriend, and I was not, as a dad, not really cool with that. Um, I kept telling her, you know, it's okay if you want to break up with this guy. I won't complain at all, no problem. Um, But they're still dating. He he actually graduated this year. Uh, He's Korean. The the kids go to an international Christian school in St. Petersburg, And for for two years they were homeschooled, and then they started. We moved to St. Petersburg, and they started going to the school. I never saw kids so excited to go to school. I don't know, you know, it's like they were homeschooled and they hated it. They're like, "Why are we going to go to school? This is awesome!" Um, So for uh, they've been dating now, and and they're still dating. He's going to school in Iowa. He graduated this year. He's going to school in Iowa, which is where my family lives, my parents, and but my daughter has. Very strict rules. She's like, you cannot meet my grandparents and my cousins without me around. So I don't know what that's about. She must be ashamed of her family or something. (laughs) I mean, they're Iowan, right? So I shouldn't say it. But Iowa stands for idiots out wandering around. (laughs) You don't record this, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a security issue to have this online, <laughs> because I'm a missionary to Russia, so we better just... <laughs> <clears throat> but he's actually, he's a genius, and he's a really, really good guy, and um, I, I really am thankful that um, they have a relationship, because I think it's really helped her um, in her walk with the Lord, and um, that's the kind of boyfriend that you can be okay with, with the dad, right? So then my... Uh, others, my sons are uh, 13 and 10, and so they're, transitioned pretty well to Russia. It was kind of this crazy, I don't know, time when we told them, you know, there's about there a lot of crying, you know, of course everybody was going to miss their family and friends and um, school and neighborhood, And um, but God's really been gracious to us, and we're so thankful that they're doing great. Um, I want to talk to you today. You know, it's always it's a weird way to start my sermon, but I I want to tell you that one of the stories in the Bible I think is the saddest, like the saddest story in the Bible. Don't worry, right? There's a good ending, but this story is sad to me because there's this group of people, um, Israelites, that uh, were slaves in Egypt, and uh, God called a guy named Moses to go and to um, be the leader to help set these people free. And, you know, he, he, he's, he has clear directions, you know, go in, talk to Pharaoh, tell Pharaoh that, you know, God's saying, let my people go. And if you don't do that, there's going to be some major issues in your country that you're not going to like a lot, right? And uh, so Pharaoh, you know, his heart was hardened and he's like, I, I'm not going to let them go. I'm not going to let them do anything. They have to just stay our slaves. And so all this stuff starts happening uh, to the point where eventually Pharaoh got the, got the point, right? And not only was he like letting them go, he's like, just get out of here, you know, get out of my country. And so Moses and the Israelites, they all leave um, to this place that God promised them called the promised land, right? This amazing place. Like, you're in captivity, I have something totally different for you, and I want to give you, um, you're not going to be slaves anymore, you're going to have your own land, your own place, and it sounded amazing. And so Israel leaves Egypt to go to this promised land. Well, if you know the story, you know that Pharaoh was like, get out of here. But then he's like, wait a minute, what am I, an idiot? You know, I'm going to go get these people and bring them back here. I'm going to kill them, right? And so Pharaoh's army ends up chasing after Israel. And Israel gets to this place where they're, they're in this, the worst spot possible. They're between a sea and an army, Right and they're, they're stuck here, they can't go forward, and they can't go backwards and it seems like an impossible situation for them, but God's faithful, God's always faithful to accomplish what He promised, and so um, Moses sticks out his staff in the sea parts, and there's dry ground, and Israel marches through the sea into um, the, the the desert on the way to the promised land. And Pharaoh sees this and says, well, let's follow them. And so his whole army says, okay, they did it, we can do it. And so they start walking through the sea, and then the sea comes crashing in on them. And it's really a miraculous story. You you think if that would happen to you, (laughs) right, let's say you experienced that, you would never doubt God again, right? You'd be like, well, for sure, if God can do that Right? He can do anything. Have you ever said that, though, about God? I've said that about God about some things, and I was like, wow, God, you are amazing. Then, you know, the week after, I'm like, oh, I don't even know if I believe in God. You know, it's like, we kind of do the same thing, right? Can't just throw the Israelites under the bus. You got to own up to our own stuff, right? So anyway, so, so, but they, they cross the, the, the sea, and they're in this place, and and, and now they're, they're preparing to go into this land that God had promised them. And so Moses says, let's send some people into this land to, to check it out, to see if it really is amazing, to see what the people are like there, to see what kind of produce you can grow there, just to, to, to get a good picture of what we're facing. And so he sends 12 guys, um, a leader from each tribe, and they go into um, the promised land and and it really is an amazing place. It's fantastic. It's, it's, in fact, better than they could have imagined. You know, I think God has promises for you like that, right? Promises that are better than you can imagine, right? We think it's one way, and really, it's way better than that. So they go in, they check it out, and for sure, it's better than they thought. And so they come back, and they give a report to Moses and all the people, and they say, yeah, this place is phenomenal. It's incredible. It's better. And look, here's some of the stuff that, 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 that grows there. I mean, it really is a land flowing with milk and honey. It's just beautiful. And um, there's just one problem. There's huge people in this land, right? They're ginormous. In fact, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. And so even though this this promise is great, and it looks amazing, we could never take this land. Ten of them were saying this, right? Ten of these guys. And they're just like, no, no, no. That's just, I mean, do you want your kids to die? Do you want to die? You know, why would we go and do this? We should go back to Egypt. It was better that, you know, it's like they're starting to make this case that, you know, it sounds great, but it's impossible. Well, two guys, of course, Caleb, Joshua... These guys are like, what are you talking about, right? If God said it, he'll deliver on his promises. I mean, it doesn't matter what it looks like as far as the challenges that that, that we might face. I mean, he promised it. And so for sure, God will go with us and God will give us this land. Let's go in right now and take the land. Let's live in the promise that he gave to us. But the people of Israel wouldn't listen to the two. They listened to the ten. They believed the negative report. And so because of that, because of that lack of faith, that lack of belief in what God said he would do, a whole generation dies without experiencing the promise of God. Forty years pass. And and. I don't want to be that guy. (laughs) I don't want to be the guy that, 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 that heard a promise, but I just don't believe that God can deliver on the promise. And so I never experienced the promise. Right now, Joshua is a great guy. When Moses died and that generation died, Joshua becomes the leader of Israel. And uh, let's, let's look at this passage. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 through 11. It says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. This guy blows me away, honestly. Joshua blows me away. I mean, 40 years earlier, he's standing in the promised land, right? And he sees it, and it's amazing, and he believes that they can take it. But then for 40 years, he lives with a bunch of people that just doubt God, that are just negative, that don't have faith, that don't do anything except for wander in a desert. Now, somehow, I don't know how, I want to be like this. Somehow he came through that, and when he was appointed the leader, the next thing you know, he's like, all right, let's get ready. Let's get moving. All right, the promise is still real. The promise is still possible. We can still do what God said we can do. As we were worshiping this morning, actually, I was kind of thinking through, you know, these elements of, of what made Joshua different. And uh, to me, it seems like the first thing is that Joshua had a relationship with God, right? Like there's this conversation that he was having with God. In fact, if you look at the whole chapter, um, you can see that, that God is talking to Joshua in this case. So that means that Joshua is listening, right? And, and I have to ask myself, am I in relationship with God, am I listening to God? Is he talking to me and am I talking to him and i am listening to him, right? Do, do you have that kind of rapport where really, you know, like he is your father and you're up there on his lap and he's got your ear and you're just listening. You just have this closeness to him, right? I, I really believe that God wants us. We have to. If we're going to experience the promises of God in our life, that we have to be the kind of people that have a relationship with God. Uh, we, it has to go beyond like a ritual. It has to go beyond like a church service, and it has to go to a daily connect. And, and so let's be a people that, that we're listening to God. So there's this relationship, and we have to know what the plans of God are, right? We have to know what the promises of God are. Do you know what God's promised you? Right in this case, we know very specifically. God said, "I have a place for you, a land for you, a place that's your own." Joshua knew that promise. Right? If you look through Scripture, there's hundreds of promises um, that God has for your life. Like, what are you believing for? What are the promises that you're, you're grabbing onto? Uh, this year, I kind of I've done a thing where I, I've decided I'm, I'm praying for seven things, seven really clear, specific things. They're promises from God. I believe it. And and I'm going to not just, you know, hope that they kind of happen, but I'm going to pray every day that that they will become a reality in my life. I'm praying for, for my marriage. I'll give you the seven. Can I do that? I'm praying for my marriage. Right? I believe that this is going to be the best year ever for my marriage. In September, it'll be 20 years, so that's pretty cool. We've had some pretty good years. We've had some great years. We've had some tough years. This year is going to be the best year ever. I'm praying for my kids. I'm praying that my kids will get direction from God, head that direction, and stay focused, that they wouldn't be distracted by, you know, all the stuff that life can throw at you, all the pressure, all the peer pressure that exists, but that they would just be people that are... They, they are focused on what God's asking them to do, that they would take steps towards that. I'm praying for finances. Uh, my actual prayer uh, is that I want to give away more money this year than I've ever given away before in my life. That probably means I need more money than I've ever had before, right? So I, I want to be a giver. As I've been praying about this, I, I realize that I want to I give an inheritance to my kids' kids. Right? I, I don't want to be locked up by poverty. I, I want to be a person who is blessed, and I believe God wants to bless us. I believe He wants to give us more than we need so that we can be a blessing to others. I want to see the gospel spread around the world. So I'm, I'm investing in places around the world and seeing God do awesome things, and I get to be a part of it. I, I'm praying for a couple bad habits to just die and a couple good habits to be, be held uh, to, to, to just grab a hold of them. And uh, I've actually already seen some of this become. I want to be healthy in every way. I'm praying that you know I want to be healthy emotionally, spiritually, um, physically. I want to eat well. I want to exercise. I I turned fifty actually uh, in November, and I've signed up to run a marathon uh, a week after that. And so it'll be my first marathon ever. So I'm just I have I'm just praying. I have some goal. You know I'm working towards. I'm I'm listening. And allowing God to speak to me, so I, I want—I just want to be a healthy person. I want to pray for people and see them be healed. That's my next prayer. I—I'm I, tired of just like kind of praying for people. Oh, your will be done, Lord. You know, like kind of these cute little, you know, I, <laughs> can't blame me if nothing happens. You know, it's all God's fault. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit, but I've been praying that, you know, like Peter was walking down the road and people would come and they'd put, you know, a person in Peter's shadow so that that person would be healed. I want to be full of the Spirit, kind of like that, where, where people just want to be around me and when they're around me, they feel better, right? Because I'm a safe person, I'm a healthy person, um, I'm, a, I'm full of the Spirit, and so I, I'm, I'm actually ministering to the people around me. I want to be like that. I'm praying for fruitfulness in ministry like for me and my wife, for our our young adult ministry that we do, for our church, for Foursquare Russia, anything beyond that. I prayed a lot about this service today. Like I want to see God do incredible things through my life. Um, And Russian, that's like the big prayer. I need to learn Russian. I said I was a good student, or maybe I didn't. Did I say I was a bad student or a good student? I can't. Well, when it comes to Russian, I feel like a bad student. (laughs) I don't even know how to speak English, so like grammar rules, I have no idea. And uh, I've been in Russia for five years. I've been working on it, and I'm going to keep working on it harder and harder all the time. But I believe that this is like a year of breakthrough and that I'm going to be able to have like, I'm going to be able to get up front in front of a group and, and give instruction in Russian. I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to that, that day. It's a tough language. But so these are the seven things, you know, that I, I believe are the promises of God, right? These are plans God has for me. So I have this relationship with God, but then God has plans for me specifically. And I think that he has plans for you. I think that he's shown you some things. I think there's some promises that he's given to you that, that, that you maybe need to remind yourself of and and, and start doing something about believing in those things again, right? Not forgetting that, oh, yeah, God wants my marriage to be great. Oh, God wants me to do well at my job and, and get a promotion. Oh, yeah, God wants to heal that relationship that's broken. Oh, yeah, God wants my kids to come to know Jesus. You know, like these are promises that he's given to you, right? He wants us to have a healthy marriage, a healthy church life, a healthy ministry life. He wants us to have that. These are, are not just ideas. Maybe they're promises, right? Maybe they're promises. And then Joshua had this. He had the belief that God would go with him, right? He knew that there's land was over here. He knew the challenges that were there, but he knew that God promised it. But he also knew that he wasn't going over there alone, right? No matter what, you have to know that God is with you. God never leaves you nor forsakes you. He will go with you wherever you go. So he's not just saying, "Hey, I have this plan for you. Boom, good luck," you know? Like he's he's walking there with you. So even if it seems bigger than you, even if it seems impossible, like it's not your fight. It's not your battle. Right, it's it's something that the Lord is going to actually do through you, and so believe in that. Here's our problem, you know. Lots of times we we read the promises of God, and we, you know, maybe God spoke something to us, and um, and we maybe we even believe that could happen, but lots of times we just wait. We're just like, okay, if it's God, it'll happen. We're looking around, okay, I believe it could happen. Is my marriage better? Okay, come on, God. Did it happen yet? We're just waiting, right? There's always something more that we have to do when it comes to the promises of God. You know, Joshua and Israel, they weren't just transported from the wilderness into the promised land, right? They had to take a step, right? They had to walk towards that. They had to move, right? They had to to come up with a plan and they had to go towards that promise. It didn't just end up. They didn't just end up in the promised land. They worked to get there. And, And we have to, you know, if I want a better marriage... God's going to show me what I have to do to make my marriage better. Right? If I want my kids to have clear direction, God's going to show me how I can talk to them and mold them and shape them and, 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 and kind of help them move that direction. Right? If, I want to be, if I want to run a marathon, guess what? I'm not going to wake up on November 11th and just start running for 20, how many miles, 24 miles. I'll die 26. I better start running right now, right? If I don't want to be fat, I better stop eating, right? I better be healthy. I need to make healthy choices, right? If I I want to speak Russian, I have to get my stupid app out every day and (laughs) learn these words. It takes me doing something. God's promises require something of us. It required something of Israel. It required something of Joshua. But he wasn't alone. And he took that step. He called everybody and said, you know what? In three days, get your stuff. Get your stuff ready because in three days, we're, we're going into the promised land. And so he went in and he began the process of acquiring this land that god was giving to them you know they had they did have people to fight they had battles right they had challenges and it took joshua's lifetime and they still hadn't accomplished the whole deal right you know that <laughs> right it, it it it's it's moving and us working and us facing those giants and god begins to give us those promises And for sure, so one of our visions, you know, Barry mentioned that we have eight four square churches right now. Actually, there's more time zones in Russia than there are four square churches. (laughs) We have a vision for 500 churches. We want to plant 500 churches. I'm 50. Good luck, right? Plus, you know, if you're like me, you, you look in the mirror. I look in the mirror. I'm like, really? Can God really do that, you know, through me? Who am I? You know, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I barely graduated college, you know. It's like I come up with all these reasons why, you know, I keep telling God why he can't do what he says he wants to do. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strategic enough. I know these other Russian 4 score pastors, and trust me, they're not smart enough. They're not strategic enough. None of us are. I think some people thought that about the 12 disciples. Right. Yeah. Who are they? They're nobody. They're the rejects. See, we put these limitations on God. And we need to take them off because it's not about us. It's about Him. It's not about how good I am or how strategic I am or how smart I am. It's about God's promise, His plans, His purposes. And I don't know, maybe I won't see 500 churches by the time I die, but I'm going to work like it's going to be a reality. And I believe that even if I do die, There will be 500 churches someday. But I'm going to do everything I can to see the whole promise become a reality. See, I don't just believe it. I am working towards it. I like the story of blind Bartimaeus in the New Testament. You guys know this story? It's a blind guy sitting by on the side of the road, and he hears that Jesus is walking by. Right? So right away... He's like, oh, that's Jesus. You know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that guy can heal me. So he's all of a sudden, he hears Jesus come by and he's like, hey, hey, Jesus. Hey, son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody around him, they're just like, shut up, dude. <laughs> that is the rabbi. You know, it's like, it's Jesus. You don't talk to Jesus like that. And he's like, whatever, man. Jesus! He just shouts more, you know. He's like, hey, over here! And Jesus is like, hey, what's going on over there? You know, it's like, (laughs) it worked. Hey, bring that guy over here. Oh, I guess Jesus wants you. You know, it's like, (laughs) so they help him up. and bring him over and Jesus says, what do you want? You know, what do you, I think it's a powerful question. What, What do you want? Are we passively going to sit by? Or are we going to yell out, Jesus? Hey! I want my marriage to be better, Jesus. I want my kids to be blessed. I want to be healthy, I want to be strong, I want to do the right stuff. Right? I I want to touch people and have them be healed. I want to be blessed financially. I want my work for the kingdom to have, like, results. I want thousands of people to come to know you, Jesus. I want to learn Russian so I can communicate with the people that I'm serving better, right? Are we just going to be passive and just, here's Jesus. Are we going to, with everything that's in us, talk to him like we really care, like we really want something, and, and have these conversations every day where we're like, come on, God, and God will be like, okay, I want you to do this, this, and this. Well, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> do you want the promise to become reality? Yeah, then do it. You know, it's like we have to be people that we're like blind Bartimaeus. What do you want? I want to see. Your faith has made you well. Your faith, and he took a step. He shot. He did everything he was supposed to do. And then he let Jesus do what only Jesus could do. And that's what God is calling all of us to be like. You read through the stories in the Bible and all these amazing people of great faith, you know. Noah, who took a step and built a boat. David, who took a step, grabbed a stone and killed a giant. Mary, who said yes to the Holy Spirit and gave birth to the Savior. Right, we have Daniel who was a, a prayer, and when they said No more prayer, he took a step towards the window, he bowed down in prayer anyways, and God changed a nation through him. You, you think about Paul, who took a step into europe right and and we 're sitting here today because of him, right These are amazing people who took steps who who didn't just believe something, but they worked to get it right i I just I just have to ask myself, you know, what are they going to say about Steve? You know, I think about the Moses and the Israelites of that generation. Kind of, They're kind of like the woulda, shoulda, coulda group. They could have experienced everything God had for them. But they didn't. See, I don't want to be in that group. See, I want to be in this group of the Joshua generation group. Right? And I just want to speak this prophetically over you right now, that you are a Joshua generation. Right? You, it's not an age thing. It's a willingness thing. It's an availability thing. It's a belief thing. It's a, it's a thing that says, I, I hear God, and I'm going to step into what he's promised for me. And I, it would be amazing if everybody in this room just said yes to God and experienced all the promises God has for you. You're a Joshua generation. Who am I, you know? And for sure, I've lived a lot of my life like a woulda, shoulda, coulda person. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to limit what God can do through me because of my lack of faith. Because I I think his promises are too big for me. They're impossible. He doesn't understand my situation. He didn't have my background. He didn't see, you know, like how I was terrible at school. He, he doesn't get me. You know, I put all this stuff on God, and God's saying, no, break free from that. Right. There are no limitations. Right. Everything that I say to you can become a reality. I'm promising you. You just have to connect with me deeply. You have to have relationship. You have to know the plans I have for you. And you have to believe that I am with you when you take those steps of faith. So thrive. I don't know. Think about thrive. What's God's promises for thrive? Right? Have you dreamed? Or do you have vision? Is it, is it small or is it big? I bet it's big. And I bet that God can come through. <laughs> He can even use Barry. (laughs) Right? He can use us. He can use you. Right? What about you personally? What are the promises God has spoken to your heart, spoken to your spirit, shown to you? Right? Do you believe that they can become a reality? I want to pray and just... I want to believe for you, right, that, that everything that God's shown to you, every promise that he's given to you through his word, that you would own it, that you would believe it, and that you would take the steps he's asking you to take to see it become a reality. And then I know you're going to pray for me, I, and I pray, I'm asking you to pray for me that, that I would see that. I want to be that kind of person. Lord, I pray for each and every single one of us in this room. I know that you have great and awesome plans for us, Lord. They're bigger than what we can accomplish on our own. They seem impossible. They come with challenges. They come with questions. They come with doubts. But Lord, if you've promised it, it will become a reality. If we believe it, and if we take those steps that you're asking us to take. Lord, help us to not be passive waiters, but help us to be active waiters. That, Lord, there is waiting time that's required, but it's not us doing nothing during that time. It's us working and taking steps and listening and praying and, and moving towards the promise And so help us to be doing what we're supposed to be doing. Lord, I pray that each and every single one of us would just have that deep relationship with you. That we would know clearly the plans that you have for us. And Lord God, that we would trust that you are with us wherever we go. And Lord, I pray that this room would be full of Joshua's. Lord, that we would tell the stories of the people in this room who heard great things from you, who believed great things from you, and who did great things from you. Lord, use this church to impact not just Glendora, but this city, uh, this area, this state, Lord, this country, the nations. Why not? Lord, I believe that you want that, and you will deliver on that. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.